Trinity Center for Spiritual Living appreciates your selecting our podcast service as a part of your spiritual journey. The TCSL podcast has over 1,000 downloads a month worldwide by individuals just like you seeking to expand their spiritual magnificence. To express your gratitude and donate for the good you hear and the growth you experience from our lesson, visit our website at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate. As you donate, affirm, my offering affirms my commitment and my willingness to be an inlet and an outlet for the abundant good and So, we want to begin by affirming for you today, you are perfect just as you are. You're perfect just as you are. And we get that some are automatically going to accept this truth. There might be a couple who will internally cringe just a bit at hearing that truth. And still for others, there will be a full-on engaging attack by the monkey mind. Saying, what do you mean calling me? The nerve. He doesn't know me. And it's true, we don't know all what comprises the full and unique persona that you present to the world. We do, however, know all the divine energy of source that that is expressing as a unique individual demonstration of divinity within the world. And that demonstration is known as the magnificent you. So yes, it's, it's true, we don't know how long it takes you to get up in the morning and put your makeup on, get your motors going, nor are we aware of your credit rating, your relationship or job status, who's zooming home. We're not even though some of you like pets. Go get a dog or cat today. See, all of that everyday living stuff, that's how you express and operate out there in the physical realm. And a few perhaps And for a few, perhaps, it might be best left unknown to us how you express. I'll know who you are. The divine perfection that is you, that we always see, is the energetic essence and creative omnipotence of God expressing its divine perfection as the unique individualization of your divinity. In The Art of Being, Dr. Dennis Merritt Jones wrote this. He said, God is perfect right now, just the way it is, in you and as you. So it's not that we have something we need to cover up, but rather we have something to reveal to the world, the perfection that God is. So we're going to ask you to consider these questions. How would your journey transform if your only intention is to be an expression of source in the current moment. Not the perfect looking one, not the perfect employer, spouse, not even the perfect church member. Just be that perfect expression of presence, just as you are in the perfect now. How much of your energy would be freed up from trying to pursue perfection within the external realm by just being and resonating the energy of spirit within all realms. To be clear, we're not suggesting that anyone go to work in your bathrobe or meeting the potential spouse from FarmersOnly.com without first showering. 
see, they giggle because they know what I'm talking about. They, they don't find their own way. Just, just in case. We are, however, suggesting in all that you do, your first and only intention is to be perfect God is perfect you in the perfect now. Allowing this intention to be the energy that guides your thought process in every decision and action. As you allow your only intention to be perfect God as perfect you and perfect now. All the burden, burdensome shouldas of life melt away. Now by burdensome shouldas, we mean the ones that sound and feel like I should or need to look a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way so that I am accepted and known outwardly, perceived outwardly, as the perfect child, spouse, employee, etc. And here's the dichotomy with those shoulds. When one sets the intention to live up to what others perceive as perfection or as what they have accepted as perfection from society, family, and race consciousness, they are subconsciously affirming and offering an energy to the universe of I am not perfect. I am not perfect as I am. I am not enough. Again, from The Art of Being, Dr. Dennis wrote, we go about adding whatever we believe we need to to the image in order to convince the world and ourselves that we are enough, while never reaching the conclusion that indeed we really are enough just as we are. To live as the perfection of spirit that you are. The universe asks nothing of you. It asks nothing of you other than to acknowledge and live as that expression of source. Just to affirm your oneness with source. And when you do that, when you know that, you are operating infinitely as more than enough. And when you do that, all else of what one believes and feels needs to be done or added to perceive to be perceived as perfect or achieve perfection becomes the avenue to the realization that all else, all else is self-imposed and unnecessary for her or him to thrive as perfect God, perfect being, and perfect now within any realm of existence. All the requirements of the physical world, the shittas and the sun, are false idols of human consciousness pursued as a means to avoid cultivating and expanding one's own individual divinity, to express and live your divine perfection in the here and now. And while you're at it, accept and enjoy all the physical world offers from an intention of being perfect God as perfect you and perfect now. Begin to embrace, to evolve the ease and the joy of just being perfectly imperfect, which is the title of our lesson this morning, Perfectly Imperfect. So I want to share something with you that I came across right in the middle of the lesson, because it's I have a very sad announcement to make. And the announcement is that on February 2nd, Last month, Sybil Marie Hicks transitioned. Now, for the record, Hicks was 
not a Mississippi, so it's not a member of our center, nor do I know she was involved in the science of mind teaching. However, the obituary that she wrote with a little help from her, one of her kids prior to her transition provides a few insights on being perfectly imperfect. And after reading it, it had me feeling as if it certainly would have been fun So I'm going to share an abridged version of Sybil's last written word. So bear with me, and here it is. It hurts me to admit it, but I, Mrs. Ron Hicks from Baysville, have passed away. I passed away with my eldest daughter by my side on February 2nd, 2019. I leave behind my loving husband, Ron Hicks, whom I often affectionately, affectionately refer to as a horse's rear end. For the record, Sybil used far more colorful language than I'm going to share from the podium. She then writes, I also left behind my children whom I tolerated over the years. Bob, my oldest son and favorite. Brian, who was the Oreo cookie favorite. Brenda, a.k.a. Hazel, because she would run to clean the bathrooms when she heard company was coming. Barbara, the ever Miss Perfect, and finally baby Bruce, who wouldn't eat homemade turkey soup because he didn't want to be alert while looking for bones while he ate. I will miss seeing my sweet grandchildren most of all growing up to be the incredible people they are meant to be. I graduated from Waterdown High School with honors while wearing my shiny, bright saddle shoes. I was an active horticulturist, a member of the Eastern Star, a member of the Lions Club in Baysville. I finally have the smoking hot body I have always wanted, having been cremated. <laughs> Please come say goodbye and celebrate my wonderful life with my husband and his special friend, Dorothy, who is now lovingly taking care of my horse's rear end. <laughs> Thank you all for sharing my life with me. I am off to swim to the Berean back. Love, Sybil. Talk about operating beyond the shoulds of life and throwing the expectations of how the perfect obituary should appear in the paper. Now, I can promise you that in my obit, I will never refer to Dan as a horse's rear end, although I can't make that same promise for him. Here's why we wanted to share Sybil's obituary. We've all, at some point or the other, read the perfect obituary in the paper, right? Of someone maybe we didn't know, or perhaps someone we knew casually. We're not talking about family members, of course. But those that we just know of in some way. And the kicker is this. Of all those obituaries, those perfect obituaries, Dibbles is going to be the one we remember. She's going to be the one we remember. Why? Because it was unique. Because it shattered societal boundaries and customary familial expectations, all while demonstrating the unique and humorous way presence expressed perfectly as Sybil, while she simultaneously embraced her very human 
imperfection. In The Art of Being, Dr. Dennis wrote, Our perceived imperfections are just that, ours. Humanly speaking, we will never be perfect because we continue to judge ourselves as imperfect, flawed, and our tendency is is to want to hide our perceived flaws from the world by covering them up with what we think the world will approve of. Live from one intention. Perfect God is perfect you in the perfect moment of now. This is all source expects of you and anyone else. All else is self-imposed. All else is self-imposed. You are more than enough just as you are. It won't take a deep breath. Cut it out. And I'm going to ask that you just close your eyes just for a moment and hear these words, hear these affirmations as your own. I am perfect, whole, and complete. Just as I am. I am more than enough. I am perfect, whole, and complete. Just as I am. I am more than enough. And silently, Affirm this truth to yourself. I am perfect, whole, and complete. Just as I am. I am more than enough. Now just whisper, barely audible whisper. I am perfect, whole, and complete. Just as I am. I am more than enough. In full voice. I am perfect, whole, and complete, just as I am. I am more than enough. Deep breath in. Let it out. Open your eyes. Let it go. The idea of perfection that you are pursuing oftentimes has nothing to do with you living as that dynamic expression of God that you are. Whatever idea of perfection that people pursue is often something that's been conditioned into. You know, we had a, um, how many people remember a couple of years ago, uh, maybe it's been a year and a half, I don't remember exactly, that we, we redid the website here at the center, right? And, you know, we do all that in-house translation. I do it. I actually enjoy doing it, right? And this was a lot of fun for me, this past around because I got to learn WordPress. So that was something new. However, I, I asked folks, to, to help me kind of monitor to see if I was doing too much or too little. And so, uh, specifically, Adrian Harris gave me some, some written critique here and there, and Judy McDowell came up with a, a great offering that I want to share, because, you know, when I did the website, right, when it first came out, in its first presentation, oh my God, it was the perfect website for anyone suffering from ADD. <laughs> there were pop-ups and pictures would come out of, uh, you know, it was awesome. The words didn't just appear on the page, they spun out of nowhere onto the thing. I loved it. <coughs> and Judy said, you know, you know how forceful Judy McDowell is. 
she gave me a, she, a very good analogy. She said, just, just do this the way, redesign it, but do it, keep in mind what Chanel, what Coco Chanel said about getting dressed in the morning. And I'll buy it, you know, Coco Chanel, why not? She said, Coco Chanel says, get up every morning, put your outfit on, look, and then look in the mirror, and then take one thing off. Do away with one thing so that you present over everything. If I went back and did that to every page, I mean, I have a very nice looking function website that presents all the information. It doesn't jump around me. It's disappointing. But at the same time, think about that. Coco Chanel is saying, well, I need to get up in the morning and take one piece of, one item off. Why is she doing that? Why does she suggest that? And the reason she suggests that is, is that in the heat of the moment, when you're all excited about getting dressed and going somewhere, you may add more than you need to. You may not present a clear and accurate picture of who you are. So what we're going to suggest is as you get up in the morning and you set your intentions about what you need to do and what you need to accomplish and all that great stuff and all the reasons and rationales you're doing it, you simply feel one thing away. One reason away from why you're doing it. For no other reason than presenting a clear image of what you want to present to the universe. <coughs> to just be that perfect expression of source. Ernest Holmes says this, he says, the only life you can have is the life of spirit within you. You need but permit its radiance to flow through your thought into self-expression. You are surrounded by a dynamic force, a great surge of living power. You are immersed in and saturated with the vital essence of life. Its presence permeates everything. Binding all together in one complete whole. We're immersed in and saturated with the vital essence of life. Stop pursuing that which you are. Think, feel, we have been conditioned to think that if I go out and find the perfect brother, my life, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, or husband, my life is going to be perfect. I go out and create the perfect love. My life is going to be perfect. All the while forgetting our, our purpose is not to find love, it's to be loved. Our purpose is not to go and find something that brings us joy. Our purpose is to be joy. And so when that is our purpose, that is our soul intent, guess what happens? That's the vibration that we're radiating outward. Love, joy, happiness. What's the universe say? The universe responds to that with life energy, with life experience. It wants to express more of its joyful energy through you. Esther Hicks said the law of attraction says that that, that which is like unto itself is drawn. In other words, that which you think in any moment attracts unto itself other thoughts that are like it. Other thoughts that are like it. What are you? I am a perfect, whole and complete 
here and now. I am more than enough. That's what you are. And when you know that, and that is your first and only thought, that is your first and only intention, the universe is going, all right. All right. They are more than enough just as they are. They are perfect, total and complete, because they are perfect force of energy. And it wants to evolve more of that perfection as you And when you let go of trying to get and embrace just be, just be, that's what happens. All that good that you see, it no longer has to pursue it. Because it's simply evolving as you now. You have to begin asking yourselves, why do things annoy us? Right? I, I, I love this morning after John sang and, and, and Michelle said, Dan, fix that curtain. <laughs> right? And it, here's the kicker. She's one perfectionist to the other. <laughs> Like unto like. It's all I'm saying. And I get it. I get it. But guess what? My hope is, and my knowing is, that by the end of the service, I would just left the curtain. She wouldn't remember the curtain. She wouldn't remember the curtain. All that stuff that we give our attention to, it just doesn't matter. No one is perfect. That's why there are erasers on pencils, y'all. Our affirmation card this week reads, Perfection is finally attained, not when there is no longer anything to add, but when there is nothing, when there is no longer anything to take away, when a body has been stripped down to its nakedness. We chose this quote from the art of being because first and foremost, it says Nikki. <laughs> Second, y'all awake now, aren't you? Second, it assists in it assists in asking you to consider the suggestion, just the suggestion that perhaps for some life as a whole would feel and actually be less burdensome if they'd strip away some of the shudders of life, some of the expectations of others, some of the old conditioned behaviors and the like that drives them to be the perfect whomever or whatever, rather than just being source. Now, this is not always an easy task. If, you, if you're following along in the art of being and you go home and you read this chapter titled Perfection, right? And by chapter, I mean one page, right? Because the art of being is really just an abundance of very short insights from Dr. Jenner. But as you go about and, and read this article, you're going to find that Dr. Dennis himself claims to be a recovering perfectionist. Right? And I think at some level, we all are. And what happened for us last week, we went out to um, uh, lunch with Dennis, Dr. Dennis and Diane and the Saturday... And for those out here, if you remember, Dr. Dennis sang for us as well. He's a singer. Don't get used to that, because God knows I'm not used to it. 
However, and during the lunch, Dr. Dennis explained that there was a little hiccup because from of them trying to present to us. Because I left Friday and they wanted to beat the traffic, and he likes to present himself a, a certain way on the podium. However, they forgot to pack their garment bag. And in their garment bag was the suit that Dr. Dennis was going to wear and the dress that Diane was going to wear. And there was a, some discussion about them forgetting the bag. And rather than just enjoying their Saturday morning in the hotel, they went off to Lenox to try to find a new suit that would fit and Diane a dress. And that's something. And he said, you know, I just, I just have to apologize for, for, because I couldn't find anything that would fit. And he said, you know, I like to be to wear something appropriate. Something appropriate for the podium. And I was like, well, you know, our group is very hoity-toity and formal. So only the best couture will do. You know how y'all are. Actually, I told Dr. Dennis, you know, no apology was necessary or required. And I explained the evolution of my attire over the years, suit and sport coat and open collar, then jean. And now we're back to, to suits again. Who knows? Five, ten more years, it may be sweats and tank tops. Designer, of course. The point is, we all carry some unnecessary burdens of how others may perceive us. And I am certain that today, right now today, hardly anyone remembers what Dr. Dennis wore. Yet, we all remember the wisdom he shared. Okay, so y'all know Dr. Dennis is probably going to listen to Nobody remembers, right? No, everybody say that. Well, no, we don't remember. We're, going, we're not going to remember it by a year from now. We're going to remember his wisdom. We're going to remember how he made us feel. You see, for, for myself and even Dr. Dennis, being the moment as a full expression of source, we want to strip away those unnecessary burdens of external expectations and just let them go. Again, from The Art of Being, Dennis wrote this. He said, a whole life is really about subtraction, not addition. There is nothing we need to add to who we are to know. There is nothing we need to add to who we are to know that we are not. But it may be time to remove some unnecessary stuff, that is, outdated beliefs. The only flaw we may have is the mistaken idea that there is something more we must get, gain, or be in order to be okay. So we say to you again, you are perfect just as you are. Now, we're doing The Art of Being all month. It's a wonderful book. If you haven't read it, now is the time. And, and I like books that have a practice. And in The Art of Being, every, every chapter has a little practice. And so for being, my, being perfectly imperfect, uh, the, the practice that Dr. Dennis shares is observe your actions and listen to your words today. If you catch yourself in a moment of perfectionist behavior, stop dead in your tracks 
breathe deeply and ask yourself, why do I need to control this? How will it make me feel better about myself? What inadequacy do I need to cover up? Take that in. And just breathe. And let go and let God. Remember it. There is nothing to conceive, only something to reveal. You are provided every moment of the day to be that best expression of source of energy that you are, regardless of external circumstances. Now, I'll share just one quick story about the trip from, um, where did we go? Cuba? Cuba. And it's the story of our last day there. And Cuba's just fascinating. I, I, it's number one on my recommendation you know, for anybody to go. We will go back. And it's fascinating because the people are lovely. Lovely. And everybody I felt just a very genuine com, uh, camaraderie with, a, a real genuine gratefulness that we were there. Now, one of the things about Cuba that we, we, it was noticeable was there weren't any homeless people on the street, at least not in the tourist areas. So there's definitely a push to keep them away from the tourists. He was trying to present themselves in a certain way. And so as Dan and I were leaving our last day, we had had lunch and it was maybe, anyway, we were, we were rushing to the ship. We had $10 in Cuban pesos left for the record that comes out to about $8.50. If I'm getting my math right, which I'm probably not. And in order to uh, exchange the funds back from the Cuban peso to American dollars, we would, of course, have to pay the exchange rate. Plus, Cuba puts a little extra percentage they take off the top because it's American dollars. Right? So that means it would have been about 5 bucks. Right? So we, rather, as we were walking down the street, it was like, is it really worth five bucks standing in line? And as we're walking down the street, being back to the ship, there's a little lady in front of us. She couldn't have been four foot three. Right? Because there's a lot of, uh, I don't know if I'm going to use the right term here, but Indian heritage and the Cuban people as well. And so, very, very small people. You'll see that amongst so many of them. But this particular lady, older, looking in the trash and taking out the plastic bottle. Right? Why? Because they recycle this and she gets paid. And I've done enough work with the homeless community to know she was homeless. So, I kid you not, I looked at Dan, and without even saying anything in response, he looked at me, and we just kind of nodded at each other because we knew what was going to happen next, right? And, and, and I said, senorita, which is one of the ten words I know in Spanish. And she turned around and didn't smile at first. It was, you could tell it was like, oh dear, what have I done wrong? Did they see me take the plastic bottle out of the trash can. And then Dan handed her the $10 in pesos. And she just started her, her face lit up and her smile got big 
and she was just a talking a mile a minute, and we didn't understand the word of what she was saying, but we knew what her energy was projecting. And what her energy was projecting at that point was her gratefulness, her joy, and without her saying it, I knew what she was saying. She had been praying, and she kept looking up at the side, doing this, doing this, right? For money. We came along and gave it to her. Does that sound like a lot of money? Not to us, but consider this. In Cuba, the average salary is 30 pesos a month. And then we were homeless on top of that. That was a lot of money. Why is that important? Because there's that expectation that we had to get back on the ship, and we had to get back on the ship and hurry up. We didn't want to. We, you know, we have to stand in line like everybody else. No, we don't. We can stop and just practice presence. We can stop and expand divinity and give someone an amount of money that they probably wouldn't receive after three months of collecting. So you can change up how you're expressing source in the moment. You can begin to say, well, why am I doing what I'm doing? You know, if I'm avoid, if I'm going to avoid going to Lost and Found on Friday and avoid fixing a side deal, why is that? Why is that? Could it possibly be that somehow we've convinced ourselves that we don't have enough time to be expressions of source because we're too busy pursuing those things that we falsely believe? because we've been conditioned to think by the false titles that we falsely believe are going to make our life better. That's for you to decide. Now look. How can you start? Enjoy all that the physical world offers. Enjoy all that the physical world offers. Buy that new cross. Date as many people and farmers only that you want to date. Just do it from what intention. Perfect God, perfect you, perfect man. I am perfect, all of you do. I am one of them. You shift, shift the intention, you up level the intention. You up-level the manifestation because I want to love. That's how about how to go about eating perfectly in And so ends our life. Thank you for selecting the Trinity Center for Spiritual Living podcast for your spiritual journey and for the expression of your generosity at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate.